Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, we have reached part three of our current study, Agents of Darkness and the New World Order Agenda. In Part 1, we address the Illuminati and its powerful connection to Freemasonry. In Part 2, we cover 13 of the most influential families who, under the anointing of Lucifer and through their vast wealth, control almost every facet of life on this planet. And now in Part 3, we are going to revisit the commentary, Satan's Final Empire, the New World Order to take an in-depth look at some of the most prominent organizations that have been formulated over the past few decades and which are playing a major role in the formation of the Antichrist global empire. In order to do this, we're going to go back to the foundational platform, which has been built with the bricks of Freemasonry and its Illuminati connections, and then we will go on to discover the many cohesive organizations that have been established by Lucifer and that are functioning on the drawing board of a global template. And remember, as we cover this information, that the word of God is made certain, that Lucifer is the small g God of this world, as confirmed by Paul in Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, and that the whole world is under the power of this evil one as established in 1 John 5.19. Without this truth being settled in our heart and mind, we can drift into a complacent attitude and fall away from the scriptural premise, which makes certain that there is a spiritual reality that is operating behind every natural occurrence that happens in the world, and that the prophetic word of truth is unfolding right before our very eyes. The other important thing to realize is that Lucifer and Satan are one and the same, even though there are false ways that disagree. Lucifer is the name of the fallen angel who, because of pride that defiled his heart, rebelled against the God of all creation and was cast out of heaven. Satan is his moniker which describes him as God's adversary, which is the meaning of that name. We will therefore be using both names interchangeably. The most important fact that we will establish before we go on to investigate Lucifer's agenda to rule the world and the agents of darkness that he has raised up to serve him in this devious effort is that the Lord God Almighty reigns over all. In Psalm 24, 1, we read that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Paul echoes that truth in 1 Corinthians 10.26, where he writes that, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Our God reigns supreme and has already defeated Satan. However, in his perfect wisdom and authority, he has given this rebellious enemy a predetermined amount of time in which he has been given temporary rulership over the vanities of the world and permission to tempt the inhabitants of earth. Fallen man, on the other hand, has been given a free will to choose between the God of this world and the God of all creation, who, in amazing grace and forever love, 
gave his only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in him would not have to perish, but would have eternal life with him in heaven. He made the way for sinful man to find forgiveness for our sins that deserve death through the sinless and priceless blood of Jesus Christ the Lord, which alone was sufficient to satisfy the holy requirement of the Father to provide for that forgiveness and the new birth regeneration that would be necessitated within the sin-deadened spirit of fallen man. This is the most important reality that is at the heart of everything else we cover in Love's Last Call, for it is the only truth that holds within it the eternal value and key to heaven's home and the eternal life that reigns therein. Every other thing we cover is intended to point to man's need of the Savior and the reality that his dispensation of grace is quickly drawing to an end as his prophetic word of truth carries us closer to the last things and his soon return. And this is where we'll pick up with our commentary, which we began in our last message, starting with the Palladian Rite of Freemasonry. The Palladian Rite was established in 1870 by Albert Pike, the leader of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry in the United States, and Giuseppe Mazzini, an Italian revolutionary leader and worldwide director of Illuminized Freemasonry from 1814 to 1872. The purpose of the Palladian Rite was to be behind the scenes and to control all the other Masonic groups. Most people don't know much about this group, and others dispute it as being fictional. However, historical documents validate the existence of the Palladian Rite. According to Gary Call, author of The New World Religion, Spiritual Roots of Global Government, Mazzini wrote to Pike that this would be the supreme right, but that it would be somewhat unknown. However, through it, the hand-picked high-degree Masons, who became part of it, would secretly govern all of Freemasonry. On July 14, 1889, Pike instructed 23 Supreme Councils of the world to tell people that Masons worship a god, but one who is adored without superstition. Further, they were told to explain to Masons, only of the 30th through the 33rd degrees, that the Masonic religion should be kept in the purity of the Luciferic doctrine. This Luciferian and blasphemous devotion is hidden even further from the lower initiates by way of the fact that each lodge allows the holy book from other religions to be placed on their altar, including the Bible for Christianity, the Quran for Islam, and the Vedas for the Hindu religion. In no way can a true Christian be part of this demonic cult. In another blasphemous quote taken from the same recorded manuscript, Pike also said that, yes, Lucifer is God, and unfortunately Adonai is God also. For the eternal law is that there is no light without shade, no beauty without ugliness, no white without black. For the absolute can only exist as two gods, darkness being necessary for light to serve as its foil as the pedestal is necessary to the statue and the break to the locomotive. Thus the doctrine of Satanism is heresy, and the true and pure philosophical religion is the belief in Lucifer, the equal of Adonai. But Lucifer, God of light and God of good, 
is struggling for humanity against Adonai, the god of darkness and evil. Notice in that extremely blasphemous quote that they do not equate Satan and Lucifer. This is also true of the New Age religion. Those who follow Lucifer usually think that he is actually the good God and that the whole idea of Satan is just a myth and a heresy. We again reference prophecy teacher Gary Kaw, who shows the connection between these beliefs and communism. He writes that Giuseppe Mazzini, a 33rd degree Mason, and the man who handpicked Pike to write Freemasonry's manual, Morals and Dogmas, and Karl Marx were closely associated. Kaw says that the early Russian revolutionaries called themselves Spartacists after Adam Weishaupt's Illuminati pseudonym. They were later called Bolsheviks, and still later they became known as Communists. This brings us to the more recent developments toward a new world order, beginning with the Federal Reserve System. The Federal Reserve System is not a government institution, but a privately held corporation owned by stockholders. The top eight stockholders are Rothschild Banks of London and Berlin, Lazard Brothers Bank of Paris, Israel Moses Seif Bank of Italy, Warburg Bank of Hamburg and Amsterdam, Lehman Brothers Bank of New York, Cohen and Loeb Bank of New York, Chase Manhattan Bank of New York, and Goldman Sachs Bank of New York. Jacob Schiff came to America from Germany with specific directives from Rothschild, the major banking mongol of England and Germany, to gain control of the U.S. money system. He bought into a banking house that he could control, Cohen and Loeb, and married Loeb's daughter, Teresa. He eventually bought out Kuhn's interest and moved to New York as sole owner. He posed as a philanthropist and man of holiness, and he won over J.P. Morgan and others by offering help from Rothschild's financing. These people were having a heyday with their businesses, but they were at a point where they needed a lot of capital to expand them. Through loans to these people, he gained great financial power. He also had to convince congressmen to enact the Federal Reserve Act. Some say that he used racial strife to plant liberals in Congress and to control the media. The Federal Reserve Act was originally voted down as unconstitutional under Article I, Section 8, the power of issuing money and regulating value belongs to Congress. It was later reintroduced in another form when many opponents of such a system had left for the Christmas holidays and was rammed through Congress on December 23, 1913. Now, this private enterprise can control how much money will be printed and what the interest rates will be. Therefore, the powerful elite can know what to do about buying and selling, etc., while the rest of us are influenced negatively by their policies. They can drive prices up and down, having an unfair control of what they can do with our fortunes. Next is the Council on Foreign Relations. World War I lasted from 1914 to 1918, with the United States being involved during the last two years. Woodrow Wilson's Secretary of State, Colonel Edward Mandel House, supported the Federal Reserve Act and planned the League of Nations. According to Walter Millis, in his Road to War, America, 1914-1917, to 
Colonel House's justification for allowing Americans to enter this carnage was the hope of establishing a new world order of peace and security. Colonel House was also a prime mover in the formation of the Council on Foreign Relations in 1919. Virtually all of the literature about a conspiracy in the last 30 years has mentioned the Council on Foreign Relations as a key element. Most people know very little about the organization because they are very private. Their agenda has been a supranational, meaning above or beyond national interest, from the beginning. And we'll have to pause here, beloved, because we're out of time for today. In our next message, we'll pick up where we left off, as the Holy Spirit continues to lead us into all truth, with emphasis on those things that are pointing to the soon return of our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. So, until next time, beloved, and, as always, I bid you His agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com. Dot agape light ministries dot com.